1: and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today.
2: I want to speak to you on this subject today, Rahab the harlot. The story of Rahab is an amazing story if you do not know it. In a world back then that was male-driven, bloodthirsty, A story about a woman on the outskirts of society serving as the hero of the story uh, doesn't make sense. Because if you lived back in those days and you were writing a story, a story about a Canaanite prostitute saving the Israelites just wouldn't be on the docket. Such a storyline would never occur to the ancient imagination. It certainly wouldn't be a story that an Israelite mother would tell her daughter before going to bed, unless, of course, the story was true. Rahab's story leaves an indelible mark on the whole of Israelite history, and it serves as a prime example of not just having audacious faith, but having what we want to talk about today, saving faith. As you turn to Joshua chapter 2, after 400 years of slavery, after 40 years in the wilderness it's finally time to cross over the Jordan to step into their destiny and to possess the land but the first city that's going to need to be conquered before they settle in the land is a city called Jericho everybody say Jericho Jericho. and Joshua begins by sending two spies into the land to check it out to do some reconnaissance work so what I want to do today if you have your Bibles I want to read like the whole chapter And then I'm going to go back and uh, make some points that uh, we need to take with us today. So you can follow along in your Bible or on the screen. Then Joshua, everybody say Joshua. He was the son of Nun. He secretly sent two spies from Shittim. And he said, go look over the land. He said, especially Jericho. So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute by the name of Rahab and they stayed there the king of Jericho everybody say the king of Jericho he was told look some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the entire land but the woman had taken the two men and she had hidden them she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, she said the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. Now, she's lying. She's a liar. I don't have time to go over every detail of this story, but it's wrong to tell a lie. Turn to your neighbor and say you're not supposed to lie. But in this case... In this case, she was lying not just to protect her. She was lying to protect the lives of these two spies. And there's, we can debate this. The closest thing that I can explain to you would be like during the days of the Holocaust when the Germans were killing the Jews. There were those that were hiding the Jews and trying to rescue the Jews and they would actually lie to the German soldiers to protect the lives of the Jews. In that situation, it's okay. The same thing happened in the Underground Railroad. When slaves were trying to to get to the north, there were those in the Underground Railroad who would lie to the authorities to save the life of a slave. So there are instances where it's okay, but generally speaking, you're not supposed to lie. Somebody say amen. Amen. So she said, if you can catch up with them, look at verse 6. But what had happened was she had taken them up to the roof. She had hidden them under the stalks of flax. she had laid out up there on that roof so the men that came to talk to her set out in pursuit of the spies on the road even though they were up on the roof that leads to the fords of the jordan as soon as the pursuers had gone out the gate of the city was shut verse eight before the spies laid down for the night she rahab went up on the roof and she said to them she said, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard, verse 10, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Verse 11, when we heard of it, our hearts melted, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, she said, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you may spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Verse 14, our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. So she then let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. We know Jericho had a wall going all the way around it. Verse 16, now she had said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then you can go on your way. The men said to her, in verse 17, This oath that you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied the scarlet cord in the window. And I just happen to have here in my pocket a scarlet cord. Unless you've taken this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you've brought your father and your mother, your brothers and all your family into your house... If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who's in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from this oath that you made us swear. And she said in verse 21, agreed, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed. And the last line says, she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Now, as we look at this story today, there is one timeless truth above all other truths. I want you to write this down. And that is that God can transform anyone who puts their faith in him. Rahab is the perfect example of someone whose life was steeped in sin. Yet because of her faith, God took her from being in the hall of shame and put her in the hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11. God changed a lady of the night into a lady of the light. He changed a woman of ill repute and turned her into a woman of illustrious reputation. He turned a harlot into a heroine. He literally can turn a prostitute into a princess. And as I read through this story, you can clap. As I read through this story, I have to ask myself is there anyone here today who feels like you've gone so far away from God that God could never turn your life back around? Is there anyone here today who believes that you've gone so far into sin? that God could never use you. Is there anyone here today who believes that the life that you've lived that has been so bad that God could never truly transform your life? And you need to know by going through this story that if God can turn this woman's life around, then He can turn your life around. But you're going to have to have a faith like Rahab. (laughs) Saving faith. You've got to have a faith like Rahab. Number one, write this down. Saving faith is generated. Everybody say generated. Oh, saving faith is generated by God's amazing grace. You know, the entire book of Joshua is about the children of Israel getting out of Egypt and conquering what's called the Holy Land 3,500 years ago. And that's what the book of Joshua is all about. But here at the start, you have the story of Rahab. It almost breaks the flow of the action when you read it. And the question is, why did God include this story of Rahab? And it's because God knew that in Jericho, there was a woman who was seeking him. So before this city was destroyed, this woman needed to be saved. Every salvation story begins with God's grace. We might think that we're the ones that choose to seek after God, but the Bible makes it clear that before we choose Him, He chose us. And it's not because we deserve to be chosen. It's simply because of His grace. It's a gift from God, according to Ephesians 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. Now, if we're honest here today, we like to think of ourselves as being, we're, we are respectable folks in here today, and respectable folks are always a little uncomfortable about God choosing or using a prostitute like Rahab. Surely there were better people in Jericho that God could use, but God's grace is for everyone including those that we think less of if god was going to destroy los angeles you know he destroyed jericho but if god wanted to destroy our city which he might do and he was only going to save one person in the whole city who would he save? the mayor the pastor i hope so the head of the hospital the ceo or cfo of some corporation maybe the prettiest person the wealthiest person maybe the best behaved person well how would we think if god destroyed this whole city and the only person he saved was a drug addicted homeless person or maybe a convicted criminal that's the story of rahab you know what? One song is sung more than any other song. Some of you music people, do you know the number one song that's sung more than any other song in the entire world? Do you know what it is? You've all sung it. It's the song "Happy Birthday." <laughs> How many of you have ever sung the song "Happy Birthday"? How many have ever had it sung to you? Now think about it. Every single person, every single year, people are singing "Happy Birthday." It's the most often heard song in the entire of all the songs ever been written. It's "Happy Birthday." Do you know what I think? I don't know this, but you know what the second most often sung song, in my opinion, in the entire world? It's the song Amazing Grace. We love that song. And how does it go? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, we love that first line. Listen to it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. But the next line says that saved a wretch like me now most of us don't see ourselves as a wretch because we think we're a pretty good person i'm not perfect i've never murdered anybody i pay my taxes i go to church once a month twice a month amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch Like, like that guy. (laughs) But we don't see ourselves as being wretched. Do you know, do you know who wrote the song Amazing Grace? Do you know that guy's name? You ever looked it up? The guy that wrote Amazing Grace, his name was John Newton. Do you know anything about John Newton? And how could John Newton write a song that says Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me? Because he was an English slave trader who bought and sold human life. And when he fully realized the depth of God's grace that could turn a wretched slave trader into a Christian songwriter, he couldn't help but call God's grace amazing because it has the power to save even wretched people like himself. I read about a story about a little girl, she had a doll collection, a large doll collection. And one of her friends asked her, which is your favorite doll? She said, just a minute, she went over to the closet and she pulled out a doll that would have been rejected by goodwill. It was missing an eye, leg was broken off, head was barely hanging on, a dirty old dress, missing a shoe. And she was asked, why do you love this doll so much? She said, because if I didn't, nobody else would. And that's the story of Rahab. She's dirty, she's broken, she's empty, she's lost, she's sinful. But God's grace is amazing. And if you go through this story, he orchestrates every little detail. The timing of the spies in her house, her roof, the king's soldiers even her faith, every detail of this story. Rahab's story is really a story of God's amazing grace, God searching for her and saving a woman that most of us would have given up on, but if God never gave up on her, He will never ever give up on you. Number two, saving faith is initiated. Everybody say the word initiated. Saving faith is initiated by hearing about god you see rahab had heard about the greatness of god there is no doubt that many of her customers were men who had traveled throughout the region and had come to jericho to spend the night she knew a lot of things via the rumor mill and the gossip grapevine about what was happening But Jericho is two miles from the Jordan River. Two miles. Jericho, the city, had about 2,000 people in the city. That's about how many people are here in this room right now. So picture this. Here's Jericho right here. And two miles away, down there on Reseda, there's a river. And on the other side of that river, just two miles from here, is an invading uh, nation of 1.6 1.7 maybe up to 2 million hebrews that are camped out getting ready to cross over that river and conquer this city here why i'm sure everyone in the city had heard what was going on they could probably hear two million people when the wind was black, probably smell two million people if the wind was going in the right direction And notice what happened again. Go back to look at verse 8. The word is out. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on that roof and she said to them, I know. Everybody say, I know. There was no question in her mind what was about to happen. That the Lord has given you this land... And he's given it to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. And then look at verse 10. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came up out of Egypt. We heard about that story. And we heard what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. We heard about that. And verse 11, she said, when we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, the God that you serve, is the God of heaven and the God above and the God on the earth below.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today. To help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus. With 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book. Including Greg Glory, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow. Just to name a few we know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777 Our number again is 888-818-4777 You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today.
3: Hi, my name is Kathy, and I lead the Anchor Cancer Support Group here at Shepherd Church. On August 17, 2011, I heard the words that nobody wants to hear, and that is, I had cancer. And When I had um, that diagnosis, I did not want to share it with anybody, but God had a different plan in that for me, and so it was pretty clear that during my surgery, my chemo, my radiation, all the side effects that I experienced and even losing my hair that God knew that I was going to be where I am today. The things that I experienced when I was going through my journey by getting love from other people, getting food, getting prayers, uh, even provisions that I didn't expect was such a blessing to me that I knew that I had to turn it around and give it to others. So God put it on my heart to lead a cancer support life group in my home We call on each other. We take each other to our doctor's appointments, and we pray for each other right before we're getting ready to go in for our treatments or our scans. We also provide food and and support for them during their journey. Later on, when I was ready to start the group, God gave me the name Anchor. And I know now why. Because when you think of an anchor, you know that it is linked to a chain. And the members of this group are the links of that chain that we're linked on to one another, strong, standing firm to our Father, who is our anchor. And together, we walk this journey with them through this storm, knowing that we need to depend on each other and through our Father in heaven. This group is for everyone. If you're going through cancer, if you've already gone through all of your treatments and you are in remission, it's also for those that are part of the family. Maybe it's you're the caregiver, Maybe it's your coworker. It also could be for the spouse or the children. And more important, this group is for those that have lost someone that have finally gone to see our Father in heaven. And they come back and they share their journey and they love on one another because they've walked that. There are a million and a half people in Los Angeles County living with some form of cancer. And I am so grateful to Shepherd Church for opening up their doors to allow us to have this amazing ministry here. The people of this community need this ministry and we are so happy to be able to have it here so that we can give them hope and encouragement during their journey.
1: I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.